Hello, and welcome to episode 22 of XR Connections. In this episode, I speak with Deborah Worrell, again, from Virtual Reality Marketing, about the metaverse from a curious business person's perspective. Someone who has seen the coverage in the news and heard friends and colleagues discuss it, but hasn't actually experienced it. What kind of hardware do you need? What kind of hardware and software does my business need to get started? Where should I go to first learn the ropes? And what exactly is a VR experience? Deb has answers to all these questions and more, all from her perspective as an expert on these matters in her role at Virtual Reality Marketing. Before we begin our discussion, I would also like to add an update to episode 21 with Edwin Rivera of CG1 Solutions. Reality Hub, the metaverse training system Edwin discussed in the episode has just entered a private beta test. I've added a link to an article in the show notes. Congratulations, Edwin. We look forward to hearing more. And now following, Deborah Worrell of Virtual Reality Marketing on getting started in the metaverse. Hello, Deb. Hello, how are you today? I'm doing well. How's the weather in Los Angeles? Los Angeles is wonderful. It's always the same. You know, we just spend our time walking and bicycling by the beach, never have to sit in front of a computer for eight hours, you know, <laughs> actually doing work. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Deb, today we're going to talk more about the metaverse. We're going to talk about how the metaverse is becoming front page news, news that you see in mainstream publications. Goldman Sachs just redesigned its homepage to cover the metaverse and cryptocurrencies. So now it's inescapable. What a year ago was, I would consider sort of specialized type of uh, interest is now everywhere. CBS is covering it in their news. So people are asking about it. What are they seeing in terms of mainstream publications that would arouse interest, pique the interest of people in their, in their businesses and at uh, virtual reality marketing? What kind of questions are, are you hearing about how people can start to become involved in this so, new world. Yes, yeah, so we have gotten exactly that same response. So six months ago, everybody we talked to was like, oh my God, I just hate the term metaverse. It doesn't mean anything. Why are people asking us about it? And then in October, when Facebook changed their entire corporate identity to be meta, and going all in on the metaverse. Now people are saying, yeah, you know, well, I'm the chief metaverse officer of my company and I'm really like leading the metaverse charge. So it has been a complete 180. Everyone who had no idea what the metaverse was is now saying, you know, if I put metaverse on my LinkedIn profile, I think that I'll get some, uh, you know, better keyword responses than, uh, than if I don't have it. So no Why didn't I think of that? It's been adopted. <laughs> no one has been. Wait, no one wait, has you'll been see my you'll faster. see my profile is updated uh, forty five <laughs> minutes after this conversation. Disney. There was a headline just a couple of weeks ago. Disney is now uh, 
Disney has now hired a chief metaverse officer, and they are calling the metaverse the next great storytelling frontier, which is really so much more elegant than what we've always called it, which is basically a theme park strip strip to your face. So it can be all of these things. But the, the interesting part, and I think that you put your finger on it, is that once companies started thinking about, I need to do this for my business and I need to do this because I don't want to be left behind and I need to figure out how to make money with this new technology. Really, you know, a lot of kind of the, oh, this is fun. This is a game for kids or yes, this is what we do, you know, when we we play, you know, video games, all of a sudden it's deadly serious and people are really trying hard to understand it and understand how their companies should use it to benefit their bottom line. They have a lot of questions. I mean, you're talking about CVS and Heineken and Walmart and, you know, here's Morgan Stanley, an $8 trillion metaverse market, and that's in China alone. The metaverse is a $1 trillion revenue opportunity. Here's where you invest. And, you know, the metaverse market is $30 billion in, you know, next year and predicted to grow even faster. So all of these headlines, all of these, you know, kind of breathless, exciting, you know, don't don't miss the boat, don't get FOMO are resulting in, you know, clients kind of raising their hands saying, what should we be doing now? So... When we talk to clients, and it's still really early, and it's still very interesting because the first thing that I always say is, have you been in true VR? And the shocking answer is many of them haven't. Many of them, many clients, you know, particularly at the executive level, kind of know what it is but they haven't been in it. They haven't been in true VR. They've obviously seen, you know, 360 videos and YouTube 360 and those kind of 360 experiences that you can get on your phone. But true VR, it's still a small portion of the population that's actually been in it. So the first, my first and most important piece of advice is get yourself into an Oculus Quest 2 and feel the feeling, feel the presence, feel how it is in this environment to have be able to actually like take action on things within the environment and feel what it feels like to have a conversation with another person in the space. Because when you're in VR and you're in an experience together, and you're chatting with, you know, you have your avatar and they have their their avatar. It's really amazing how fast the technology kind of falls away and it feels like you're talking to another person. It becomes very normal, very fast. And I think that above and beyond any sort of other technology or financial or any sort of advice, business advice, get yourself into VR, spend some time, explore some of these environments, make friends, talk to people, but feel the feeling. Because once you feel the feeling, it's something no one else can describe to you. Right. 
it, it is. It's, it's an amazing, amazing thing. There's so many great experiences that you can try for whatever interest you might have. And you can start exactly. to see who some of the pioneers um, getting their, their businesses into VR, what they're doing. Now, you mentioned the Oculus Quest, and it is an affordable device. I know in the past we've talked about, and maybe you could go into this a little bit, that for some businesses, they might have some concerns with, with the Oculus Quest and what the alternatives might be out there in terms of other devices that might be used in a, uh, in a business setting and uh, what the comparative you know, price points are. I think the, the Oculus 2 is at, or the Quest 2 is somewhere around $300. It's very affordable yeah. device at this point. Yes. Yeah, so the so the first thing when I said the Oculus Quest 2, I thought I probably should start calling it the MetaQuest 2. But the Quest 2 is the it's sort of the mainstream headset on the market now. There are about 20 to 25 million units out there. And so that's a very, very significant percentage of all the VR headsets in the world. It's probably two-thirds. And the great thing about it is, yes, it's $299 and it's fabulous technology, but you have to sign in with your Facebook account. So because it is personalized one-to-one so that Facebook can, you know, gather your data and ultimately serve you ads based on, you know, the content that you've been choosing, it's a problematic choice for businesses because they don't want... They want a headset, say, for VR training, but they want, you know, one team to be able to use it. And then the next shift, they want another team to be able to use it. So if companies are going to invest for business purposes, they're waiting, either waiting for Facebook to kind of put aside this ridiculous requirement. You have to log in with your Facebook account or they're choosing an alternative. The alternative that is most comparable technology-wise to uh, the Quest 2 is the Pico Neo 3. And we're recommending that a lot because it's basically, it's the same chip, it's the same experience. It's very easy to, it's very easy to load content, particularly business training content onto it. You can manage a fleet with there's some software programs out there that you can manage a fleet of headsets and just have the business have the trainee or have the business person put the headset on they've got three tiles they can choose what program they want to use and click and you're in so because there is a lot of friction in getting yourself in vr it's still pretty new the pico neo 3 is really, really popular. So Vive has a couple of alternatives that are still not quite as, they're not standalone, they're not, they're good experiences, but they're not quite as adaptable for business. So Mm -hmm. the, you know, Oculus, the, you know, the MetaQuest 2 at 300 bucks, and then the Pico Neo 3 is quite a bit more. I think that the base model comes in at six, 99 so more than double but companies are willing to companies are willing to spend the extra money because it helps them 
because they can have all of their employees using the same equipment. Okay, so that's your number one tip is is getting into VR yourself and given a couple of uh, options for the vice. And I do agree with you. There's still a little bit of, uh, of friction when you first get into to VR. If you don't have someone mentoring you through the experience. And I know both you and I had trouble getting our sea legs, so to, mm-hmm. so to speak. Beyond the, you know, Beat Saber demo that you're going to see when you first log in there, you're a client, you're a business person, you want to see, start trying some stuff out. What are some experiences that you would recommend, you know, two or two or three? So the most accessible platform, so very similarly to how an iPhone works, you, you know, open up the screen and you, after you log in and you have, you know, multiple tiles and you can select the experience you want to go to. So for quote unquote metaverse type experience, there are several that are really, really good. So number one, I have to say Altspace. It's owned by Microsoft and it's their consumer platform. And it's, it's literally filled, you know, it's a, it's a calendar filled with opportunity. And they have yoga classes, they have religious services, they have tons of games, they have social experiences where you can meet new people, they have travel experiences, they have gaming experiences. So it is, it's for everyone. Uh, we host our meetup every month. Virtual Reality Marketing hosts our Metaverse Networking event every month in Altspace because out of all the platforms, it's really the most accessible. But it can also, you know, you can go to an AA meeting in Altspace. I mean, they really have everything. It is a, a, just lists and lists and lists of interesting accessible content that you can, you know, that you can be a part of. So a good place to get started is Altspace. And that, that meeting that you hold, uh, that's every month, correct? And that's the Reality Innovators Network? Correct. Yes. The Reality Innovators Network, we hold a metaverse networking event in Altspace every month. And we invite different speakers Last time we had Ashley Crowder from Ventana and uh, Daniel Sisson from Xterra. So they spoke about the, actually it's kind of appropriate for this call. They, they spoke to the migration from 2D assets into 3D assets mm. and what was, you know, what was important about it, why you should start investing now for you know, your future use cases that maybe, you know, you don't know yet, but if you're creating some collateral, well, of course, create a 3D object while you're creating your 2D object, because even if you push out a 3D object in your socials or in your collateral, it gets more engagement. So from a business standpoint, Shopify, I think, I think I mentioned this before, got a 94% reported that the customers were getting a 94% increase in conversions when they used 3D immersive content. So the 3D AR retail side of the business is growing leaps and bounds 
retailers are seeing amazing gains when they use 3D content and AR, kind of see it in your space or try before you buy, when they use that kind of content in their advertising or with their influencers. So always, if you're creating content, always make sure you have some. Tip number two, always yes. make sure you're creating 3D content as well as 2D content. Let's explore that a little more, Deb, because we're now uh, are discussing how people can get ready for being involved in the metaverse. Tip number one, get in there, get a device, borrow a device, but start to explore it and start to explore the many different kinds of experiences, no matter what your interest is, there's going to be something on there. There's even stand-up comedy. Oh, yes. All of the entertainment selections, they're, yes, they're hysterical. Yeah. So fun and games are are great, um, but there's there's plenty of stuff to explore. And then, yeah, we did sort of just come right into this next topic, which is building the 3D assets. Anything else you want to go into about that? So I think that building your library of 3D assets should be just standard operating procedure for any new content that you create. And if there's there's content that you use all the time that you're, you know, that's very valuable in 2D, start migrating that content over. So when all of a sudden you're presented with an opportunity to, you know, showcase your brand or showcase some of your content in 3D, you're ready to, you're, you know, you're ready to go. Right. So it's important to just as standard operating procedure, create 3D versions of all your assets going forward and also cherry pick, for example, the Geico Gecko. You know, that guy's got to be in 3D no matter what. They've been using him for 20 years. And as they migrate into immersive experiences, who would be a better brand ambassador than the Geico Gecko? So I, if I were running that account, I would have him in every single, in 3D, in every single one of his commercials that I would also be creating that content in 3D. I think that that's an interesting way to you know, look at your brand, like what, what your brand is more than your logo and what is your brand and what are those brand elements that you want to share uh, in an immersive environment and brand elements like the Limu Emu, or I guess I'm, I guess we're focusing on animal spokespeople <laughs> or the Geico Gecko are, uh, are, are easy, easy transitions into 3D. And now we see, I think it's just this week that it's uh, fashion week in the metaverse and that major luxury designer brands are involved with this already. So they obviously have said, got their teams saying, we need 3D assets of all this stuff. hundred percent. And that is, so that kind of, that's sort of a bridge to NFTs, which I know that you and I have talked about this before. We need to do a whole hour or half hour on NFTs and digital currency and digital identity. But yes, the, the luxury brands are really, really engaged in this because they see this as a way to build, you know, build up their brand image 
and differentiate themselves and participate in something that's new and fun. And you know what? Everybody's talking about it. I mean, this morning I've seen probably three articles on decentralized fashion week alone. And my LinkedIn is filled with people saying, I'm going to fashion week. Are you going to fashion week? So it is, it is a really interesting, it's just a really interesting strategy. And I think it's very effective because, you know, now they're being linked to, instead of Valencia being a stodgy old purse brand, they're now being linked to this new, this hip, this high tech, this metaverse, you know, with all of the cool kids. And it's very much created a brand halo for them that is modern and interesting and sophisticated. Deb, you're going to make 3D 3D assets. How do you do that? What are you using? What are the what are some of the important technologies that folks should know about or get their team to know about if they don't already? So basically, Unity is the linchpin. So Unity is a 3D gaming engine, as is Unreal. And that Unity is its own company. It's about to have a gazillion dollar IPO. And Unreal is owned by Epic Games, also super valuable company. And they're the basic they're the basic programs that either CEOs, CTOs, or someone on their team should be proficient in Unity. Uh, Unity in particular, Unreal, if what they're doing is very fashion forward, Unreal is a little bit more artsy, I think is a good way to put it. You can get a few effects I believe that you can get a few effects in Unreal that you might not be able to get in Unity, but since I'm not a tech person, I'm not 100% sure of it, mm-hmm. that, that how true that is anymore. But understand Unity, and it's, as a non-tech person who's stood over the shoulder of people looking, you know, working in Unity, and that's my some experience of it, it doesn't look that hard. It looks a little bit like Photoshop, only mm-hmm. 3D. So I think that it's the most accessible way for programmers to start creating content that can become, you know, assets within the metaverse. I think that, you know, Unity has really doubled down on this. There's free training. They have a business to business section. They have an entertainment section. They specialize in you know, there's a whole section on if you're an automotive company and here's how you can make a digital twin and here's what this does. If you're an AEC, architecture, engineering and construction company, here's how you can use Unity to put your program, put your BIM building information management or CAD file, computer-aided design file into my, into this program, into this AEC program, and you can actually walk through the building and see what, where are the air vents going to be? Where are the doors placed in the walls? You can see everything. You can see where the mechanicals and the heating and the plumbing and the electricity will go. It's, inc- it's an incredible tool for the AEC vertical. And Unity, after building its reputation on game development, has really doubled down and become a real resource for the business community. Absolutely, a great resource. I know they're very, very active in all 
all of the conferences. They really do offer a ton of uh, free support and tutorials. And if you go mm -hmm. on to YouTube, of course, there's people, very generous people who will show you how they did what they did in, in Unity. And it's a great place, great place to start. Fun cool. fact, fun fact about Unity that no one ever talks about, probably because it's no longer part of their mission, but there's a Unity store. And if you create a character, you create an object, you create an environment in Unity and you say, I want to sell this, you can upload your creation into the Unity store and someone can buy it. So if you need a troll for your Dungeons and Dragons online game, they have trolls that you can buy or wizards or swords or knights. It's really, it's really kind of interesting to scroll through. I will have to do that. What else, Deb? What can people that are interested in getting ready for the metaverse, getting their business ready for the metaverse, any other tips? Well, the, the only, you know, the tip that I have is, is to be good at what you're good at. And you don't have to change what you do to expand it into the metaverse because the metaverse will ultimately kind of become everything. So figure out what your expertise is, figure out how that can be shared, you know, through immersive media and you know, be, be kind of true to yourself and true to your company. I think that there's, I think that, that it's the wrong thing to do to say, oh my God, here's this new shiny thing. I have to pivot everything to reflect that. I think that for now, you can, you know, you can kind of play around the edges and you can test things out and you can use your own expertise and your own differentiators to expand into the metaverse. I, and also, this is what I say all the time. You'll know what's coming. Have fun with it. Have fun. VR, the capabilities of VR, those environments, those experiences are, it's really enjoyable. And please have fun with it. When you remember the old saying of VR for PR, go take some selfies, post it on your socials, talk about what you're doing, get that halo effect, get other people to say what, what they're doing. Kind of share your ideas, break down your silos and have fun with it because it's, it's not just business as usual. You can take your business world, but you can make it so much more enjoyable. So making it enjoyable, so, so true. And what about the opportunities for marketers. Let's move, move on to that. And again, we're, you know, what a year ago we would have called spatial. Now we're calling it the metaverse. Fine. We're all, you know, I guess everyone's on board. With I kind of like spatial. I, I like spatial. It's a too. great word. Great I liked word. it too, but it's so 2021. So let's so, talk a little bit about how, you know, based on trends, which are what you are an expert at following and analyzing and prognosticating based on on past trends and and performance give us a little bit about you know what we've seen in terms of you know the digital marketplace 
over the last you know 10 20 20 years and what that means for marketing and monetization strategies in the metaverse so one of the things that one you know vr has a long storied past and one of the things that people always ask uh, um how do we know that this time it's for real? How do we know that the technology is finally there? How can, you know, how can we be sure? Because, you know, everybody wants to know the future and nobody can predict the future. So that's always a fun topic of conversation. How do we know that this time it's really real? Sure, because VR was dead in 2019. Yeah, VR has been dead a couple of times. And, yeah. You know, we're doing CPR. Back. We're doing CPR on that body. Yeah. So we're bringing it back. And... When there, there, are two, there are two main ways that I look at why we know that this time it's really, it's really coming. And as you and I have talked about so many times, because we both come from the advertising world, you know, it's follow the money. And so if you think about how much money was spent in advertising. Let's see, just uh, won the jackpot. Yeah. <laughs> how much money was won in advertising it was one in won the jackpot how much money was spent in advertising in 2009 which a number i pulled because e-marketer really wasn't going back further than that mm-hmm. and the number is 465 billion fast forward to 2022 and the number spent in advertising the amount of dollars worldwide was $850 billion. So advertising basically doubled over the course of those 13 years. And that's really interesting because it wasn't traditional. Traditional was about the same. I mean, it fell a little bit. It fell about $90 million, 20%. But digital grew at a 10x factor. Digital grew from 55 to 563 billion over the course of that 13 years. Half of all advertising, half of it, traditional, digital, half of $850 billion is on a mobile device. And that's crazy. Just think the iPhone wasn't even introduced until 2007. And now they're almost one and a half billion of them and total smartphones are topping three and a half billion right now half of the population has a smartphone and this means that they have access to immersive media they have access to ar experiences they have access to basically that computer in their pocket so it does really change everything the the way that people will experience 3D for the first time, will experience AR for the first time, will generally be on their smartphone. And you know, the fact that half of the world's population, you know, owns a smartphone is game-changing. And I think that you'll uh, recall from earlier in our conversation that number is between 20 and 30 million compared to an a headset. So we're still early, early days with the technology. So that ecosystem has to build itself out. The ecosystem of the headsets, but also the ecosystem of the 
5G and the storage and the processing power and all of the content that we know and, and want to love that will be coming towards us, there's still so much, you know, we're, we're, we're basically at the first Macintosh and, you know, comparing that with an iPhone 13. So and, we have a long ways to go, and but go, it's obviously coming. You go back to that example of the, the mobile phone and how it revolutionized so many businesses and all of our all of our lives but in terms of businesses and then all the businesses that that had to pivot to you know why doesn't my website work now Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh, all of the redesigns uh, the company i was with was doing flash games we had a very good business doing flash games well uh, nobody wanted flash games in 2008 it was time to move on ringtones were a two billion dollar business at one point in time Mm, it's just two billion dollars spent on ringtones by consumers and poof now we've moved on so this brings us back to getting involved now and to uh sum up again get involved get a headset start to explore alt space is a great place to begin getting a team involved with uh, Unity or, or Unreal, and then really start thinking about getting these 3D assets created and start to explore how your brand can be involved. A hundred percent. And if I can leave our listeners with a couple of thoughts and that, you know, the question that I was asked last week that I thought was just very eye-opening was the client asked me to define an experience. We talk about experiences all the time. And for this brilliant woman, you know, MBA, PhD, brilliant woman to say, well, what is an experience? And she, this kind of ties back to, she hadn't been in true VR, but what's an experience? And an experience in VR is not just content anymore that you're consuming on your screen. So the content becomes a combination of a spatial environment and then the activities that you take part in within the spatial environment. And so if you're thinking about how people consume content and the content they're consuming and you break it into kind of chunks, they're communicating they're becoming entertained and there's utility like navigation and health and fitness and education and my favorite topic, digital twins. There's a whole side of utility that is going to become the activity within the environment. But I think on a more fun level, you've got the communication and the entertainment. So, you know, people will be going to the theater and what, what does, what does that, mean when you're in an environment? Are you part of the cast? Are you part of the story? How is, how is our entertainment going to change? Mm. How, is, how is travel going to change? How is gaming going to change? So if you think about entertainment as being one of those three chunks of experiences that are environments and activities, it's, it, it makes you kind of think about what you're creating in 3D. 
And then, of course, I think, you know, communication. We're so used to email or now we're used to Zoom. We're used to a very 2D communication structure. And that is going to really change because with remote collaboration, you're going to be sitting across the desk or across some sort of object in the new environment with your boss and having your review or taking a stroll at the bottom of the ocean or on the moon. The environment can be anything and you just have to kind of stretch your brain to create this fabulous environment and coordinate the activities that you have within it. So thinking about how content will change, you know, I think is the most interesting and exciting part of thinking about the metaverse because, yeah, we can talk all day about, okay, here's the hardware and here's how you access it, but the way we're going to experience it will be in these fantastical environments limited only by your imagination and doing activities that are transformed from our flat screen world or even our real world in a sense because sky's the limit in VR and will be that will be how the metaverse will change the world I think for most people a great way to wrap this up Deb Thank you so much, as always. I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Me too. I have to, uh, uh, have to be- check out. I have to check out some NFTs and digital yeah. identity blogs before we we get started. Yeah. Before we go, just give us a little bit about how to reach you and virtual reality marketing. Absolutely, Deb at virtualrealitymarketing.com or reach out to me on LinkedIn, I, Deborah Worrell. I would love to connect with you. And I love talking about all of this. And I'm just so happy to, you know, I'm just so happy to engage. And if you have questions, very, very happy to answer or chat or provide resources, uh, virtual reality marketing, in addition to our uh, networking, our metaverse networking event. We have a newsletter. We have uh, case studies and a database and lots of resources that I could uh, share with you. Fantastic. Thank you, Deb. We'll thank speak you. soon. Thank you to Deb and thank you all for listening. I'm Liam O'Malley. You can reach me at Liam at marsandmercury.com. Please do email. I'd love to hear from you. And please do connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you.